Hey everyone, and welcome to the Black Spirituality Podcast. Uh, my name is Jordan Castillo. I'm your host, and today we'll uh, we'll be talking to Brett Tyler. Woo! Uh, greetings. <laughs> um, okay, so I just wanted to ask you. I know what we're going to talk about today, but I just wanted to oh, ask okay. you about your uh, spiritual background, like your upbringing, and that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up in, um, in Baptist churches, uh, from like the age of three or four, all the way to like 20 plus grew up very heavily involved in the church. Both of my parents were heavily involved with church. My, um, my father actually became the licensed and ordained minister in early elementary late elementary school for me but then both both uh my father's father and my mother's stepfather are also pastors yes yeah, so definitely have a lot of uh heavy christianity influences in my upbringing mm-hmm. yeah then um probably as i got more to adulthood was introduced to traditional african religions whether that be like uh, the Orishas and Ifa, or whether that just be um, ancient Kemetic uh, religion, where they're talking same concepts as Christianity, but everything has different names, you know. And how did that come about? How did you start learning about um, African traditional religions? And um, so funny enough, from studying like African revolution, because in our community, uh, spirituality and revolution are never never too far behind each other. They're very deeply intertwined. So um, my father was actually, before he was a Christian, was a member of the Nation of Islam. Was and he? so he was, yeah. Oh my gosh, was. I didn't know that. Right, go figure, go figure. But, um, and so in that, that started, when I, when I started talking to my older brother a lot more about, about that, that gave me interest more into the Nation of Islam and then also into the different sectors that broke off from the Nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. And when we start talking about um, your five percenters, right? And historically, and so, sorry, I just wanna make sure that ahead. I got this right. Historically, uh, Nation of Islam is an African-American religion that's like a branch off of Islam, right? Very specific to the African-American community. Okay. Mm-hmm. There is a, yeah, you're not, in, you're not seeing too many black people that are NOI. Or what? NOI, Nation of Islam. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for very good reason, because, it, I mean, just if, you, if you've ever heard Minister Farrakhan speak, you understand why it's not attracting too many people that aren't Black. I honestly um, thought that you said Minister. Which I'm for. I thought you said <laughs> Minister Farrakhan, and I was like, yeah, I guess you're, you're absolutely right. Farrakhan is a menace. Um, I have, I have uh, obviously negative have opinions about things that, yeah, I was about to say, uh, but I also have a lot of positive opinions and positive things to say about him. Yeah. Oh, that's why I had that on my lap. Definitely polarizing. But yes, so that led, right, so I started learning about Five Percenters, mm-hmm. and then I started hearing about, like, African traditional religions and... Can we just rewind a little bit? Five percenters. Yes. What are because uh, you said it the first time. Five percenters. 
Yep. And I thought of so, uh, the 1%. And I was, anyway, sorry, go ahead. 5% of the organization of gods and earths is a sector of the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. Started by Clarence 13X in New York. Essentially, he went and got the least served or rather, or most underserved, because I know that's a popular term these days. We work in the most underserved communities. But Clarence 13X really went and did that throughout the boroughs and was working with people essentially the same way like these nonviolent programs would, Mm -hmm. where he's going to people who are at risk, getting around their family. But instead of giving them the state-ran curriculum against uh, violence and against anger management, he was giving them the nation, the teachings of the nation of Islam, and then went even a step further, and they ended up developing their own teachings. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll just stop there because that's a whole, a whole long tangent. Where yeah. I was really just trying to get you to how how I ended up getting introduced to living. I know, in but I I, I know that you know folks. the history of the of like the line, so I do. Your knowledge is valuable, and I would like to hear it. Right. Definitely. And I and I understand here and will take time to explain <laughs> anything that needs explanation. No, you can keep you, um, you can keep talking about Oakland. Sorry. Right. Well, so that was that was it. Essentially, uh, I started finding out about how <laughs> countries like Colombia and Brazil have just as big, if not larger, black populations in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. And then learning that made me curious as to well, what do people do there? Like, how does how does African tradition look in their culture? Yeah. And I kept seeing these 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 things pop up, similar things pop up. It made me want to research, started to research, and realize the connection between Ifa, Santeria, Vodun, like. When you're talking about same way how I was getting that earlier, where a lot of African traditional re- religion uses the Trinity or even like the virgin birth, you start seeing in Santeria and uh, Voduna and Ifa hearing some of the same names for these Orishas mm-hmm. pop up again and again. And it's like, wait, okay, that's spelled a little differently, but they talking about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, well, let me not get to lion like yeah. i know what i'm talking about you can but lie i'm not <laughs> but like shango right but he's also mm-hmm. like not that not pronounced like that and like other right yeah other There's like three or four different spellings yeah because i remember <laughs> like seeing um oshun the group like they had a song called shango except it was like s like uh an accent on the a something mm-hmm. like that and I, I remember is, seeing it as like S-H. And anyway, yeah. And then the C-H as well. I didn't even know about that one, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay, so extensive background in spirituality is really what we're getting at um, Ex- with you. Uh, extensive dabbling in traditional religion. But I even think in- people's connection to spirituality is innate. Yeah, okay. But even <laughs> in... <laughs> like that, because it's like he, 
even in Christianity, you, are though, you you read the whole Bible. So that's why I'm saying, like, just this is true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, part of uh, my own character makeup is that when when I learn something, I like to dive deep into it and really and really learn it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking about something that's my belief or something that I believe or believed for multiple years, I like to sound at least a little bit informed about it. Yeah, that that makes sense. A lot of people can yeah. take notes. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so uh, from there, though, I'd like to transition into what we're actually talking about today, which yes. is um, Christianity and how a lot of the things like African traditional religion, magic, astrology have all been demonized in Christianity when traditionally those are things that black people have practiced and we can see instances of that in the Bible. Um, Definitely. So I think that this is a good point to pivot into, I know you've done extensive research. So where did you find, like what made you realize the, the disconnect? I think the more obvious things are where we uh, where we start to see the disconnect when we look at it, right? Because if you just think about the fact that Christianity and Christian people are pretty like anti-ritual, um, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and no, because... your, your response is perfect because it's like we're anti-rituals, but we literally drink the blood and eat the body of our savior. And that's what I'm saying. For, for communion. And, and even so, baptism could be looked at there as you a go. ritual. It's a ritual as so well. what are so when you say ritual, you mean like non-Christian rituals. Or, okay. or even things that are in my mind inherently Christian, right? Like there's literally like verses in the Bible that say, write it out, make it plain, right? Mm-hmm. In, in reference to a person's vision. Yeah. But then you talk to somebody who is an older Southern Christian about manifestation and it oh, may be right, met with some resistance. There you go. Yeah, that's definitely some witchcraft. But I remember in Sabbath singing that song, write the vision, make it plain. Come on. I, but um, it, anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. They did not drill 2 Timothy 2.15 into my head for me to not rightly divide the word of truth and to me, me to study to be a workman who need not be ashamed doing yeah. so, you know? And so uh, as I got to an age to where my life was looking a little different, can we pause one second and I'm about to jump right back in? Um, so welcome back. Brett had to step away for a second. Uh, we're going to get back into it. So... Why are you shaking your head? This is oh, because be... I didn't have to step away. People I are going to see I need you. people to see that. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we were talking about uh, the disconnect and where you noticed the disconnect first. Um, yeah. And we were talking about um, how Christianity is generally seen as anti-ritual, except for the rituals mm-hmm. that are considered Christian. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So uh, the disconnect started for me there. And um, I got to an age where I, um, like, you know, you you grow up believing what you're taught to believe. You grow up experiencing based off of the perspective of the people who are raising you. 
And then once you start to develop your own perspective, the first thing that we do is we question. We question the way we were raised, question why things had to be. That's why like kids go through rebellious phases. They're really just questioning life and everything around them, right? At least that's my belief. And so bless you. God bless you, actually. I muted myself. And so (laughs) (laughs) I'm I went through a process and a time to where I just started to feel like if everything in life is so bad and there's more than one name for it and like math, there's more than one input that can get a specific output. Mm-hmm. Then why is religion not looked at the same way? Yeah, then why, why is it does, not all why can't, Yeah, why can't there be an all-powerful being that just has a bunch of different names for different from different people and what's and crazy is that in christianity it does it, i would just I'm like to say that again in christianity god has a billion different names a billion. but then someone calls god allah and it's like mm, no it's problem i don't want to i don't like that and so anyway. that's the other thing that started for me like happening is i got out of the circles i grew up in got around people that were of different backgrounds, different religions, people whose opinions I respected. So I'm like, if this person could believe something completely different than what I believe, then maybe I don't need to be that attached to what I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to reaffirm and refine what I believe. Yeah. And so I went on the journey of that and that's what led me to all these different things and hearing them. And it just made me more sure of what I knew. And it made me question more of like the things that never sat right with me. Mm-hmm. But I would just never question because people told me not to. Yeah, yeah, I got that a lot too. Um, when I was growing up, I would definitely have the questions and people would frame it as like doubt. But really it's just, I don't know, looking for answers. And anyway, mm-hmm. that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, and it, well, no, <laughs> but, to, but to that point, um, if, if there's one thing I can say about not just my uh, my specific church I grew up in, but I'll say like about like the way my father processes Christianity, it's always through the lens of like, oh, like there is an answer. Mm-hmm. Not only will I help you find that answer, but like, let's talk about your question. Like your question is a good question. Yeah. And so being being met with that, from the beginning also is probably what led me to be or to down the path that I went. Cause it was always like, Oh no, like, yeah, there are answers out there. You just gotta look for them sometimes. Yeah. And it's okay to ask questions. So <laughs> I, um, I did write a, I did write up an outline, but I feel like. That's cute. I'm really not sure on how to, I don't know how this question really ties into what we were talking about, but I'm just going to pivot. It doesn't need to. Just pivot. Sure, I'm going to pivot slightly. So um, can you tell me about some instances of astrology, magic, um, all those things, and how they should work within the framework of Christianity? Oh, my gosh. Like, if you... There are literally so many so many ways right 
Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not even gonna take you all through those like deep like why why these things are actually not only should they work together but they're actually way more interconnected than we realize. But we'll just talk about the simple the simple side of it. So right? wait, I do I do want to know though before we get into it. Do you think that all of these things should be uh, oh what's the word I'm looking for? It's an I word. Um, okay. I want to say intertwined, but it's not intertwined. But Um, they are, though. Integrated. Do you think that these things should be integrated into Christianity or that the framework of Christianity should be broken and it should just be Christianity should integrate itself into these things? I think the latter is more, um, more what needs to happen, but only because the way we view Christianity, which is so crazy because it's like, I remember growing up and like, every pastor's favorite sermon for a while or like his favorite like phrase was not to box God in, right? Mm -hmm. Don't box in God, don't box Mm -hmm. in God. But we look at Christianity through this small box and this small framework. And now back to what your question, and we take out like so much, especially when it comes to like the New Testament, we take out the historic component of, of these things. And then we oh my gosh, yeah, because take I, out the, the way that the Bible is taught to us, the Bible existed in a vacuum and nothing else was going you. on in history when the Bible thank was happening. You. It's like two different realities. Was, it would literally be like if there was no social media, right? Mm-hmm. But people's tweets were used to create a Bible during Trump's presidency specifically. Okay. And the reason I say that is because like during the time of the New Testament, like the the governing body in like Rome in the Great Roman Empire, the way it, the way it was set up, there was just so much chaos, mm-hmm. like that was being caused by them and by were they were they were they referred to as senators at that time? They may have been, may not have been. My historical accuracy is not a hundred percent on that part. But I do know, and then like you talking about people like Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, was a revolutionary, yeah, and a traveling pastor, yeah, who was an incarcerated revolutionary at that. So like half of these things, and then this is the other part is like we we pick and choose what to take literally when the Bible is really like this very like abstract, uh, super like. I guess, uh, super fanciful language mm-hmm. used all throughout. I can't even think of a better term because it's not that it's like, it's like the no, sorry. Bible every is time, purposely poetic. Yeah, every time someone says fanciful though, I think of Disney. Um, yeah, and that's what I think of when I think of the Bible. Right? Yeah. When I think of the way it's written is it's like, it's given this Disney-esque painting to go over these topics that were very relevant to the people who were experiencing these situations and yeah, who have, I definitely and that have agree. Themes especially that the way applied. the way that it's been presented to us the way that the bible stories have been like um uh produced in movies and like mm-hmm. just the way that we see it it's like this big grand like thing when when in reality it was just the the lives of people who were actually existing during that time period or existing during that time period who were working on religion, day-to-day, how to have 
marriages that are successful, how to raise kids. So like you ended up with this book that's really a compilation of everybody's like self-help from the time. Yeah. It was like, this is my version of self-help. I'm a best-selling author from Damascus. You should believe me because I have 100,000 people at my church. Yeah, that's crazy though. I've never thought about it like that because it really is just a framework on how to live back then and just exist. And, yeah. and they were people who I feel like much like the times that we're in now where they're unhappy with the things that are going on around them and really just trying to make things work and change That's the it. systems. That's it. And you and you got people who, who we have multiple stories of who fought back, right? And they fought back against the systems in place and they fought back through love and morality, right? Whether mm-hmm. it was sticking to the beliefs that, that, that were passed down to them or sticking to the fact that like, no, I want to change the beliefs of these people. I want to change the beliefs of this kingdom yeah and it's like when you i don't know like when you in my mind christianity should be like very heavily tied to and like intertwined with revolution right Mm -hmm. because it's always like that's what it's that's what its history is and as a black american in the south it's hard for me to not say like oh yeah that's also its roots in this country because the sclc was was very uh S-E-L-C. even like yeah southern leadership christian conference or sclc southern christian leadership conference mm-hmm. uh, was very intertwined with snick the uh the, anyway <laughs> southern pastors were working with black panthers yeah so I was like, i'm like i i'm realize i'm talking like and using all these like Black revolutionary organization, like aliases and acronyms. Mm-hmm. But no, no, uh, the point is, Southern Black pastors were very much a part of the Southern Revolution, desegregation. Yeah. If Christianity yeah. has this history, what are what are Christians doing today to, to keep this? tradition going are we being passive not ordaining we out here that's what they're doing that's what we well not christians but adventists specifically i don't know no if i could just get it more than one denomination in christianity that doesn't ordain women that that's does not ordain women enough now there are not a lot left that just oh we don't ordain women and we have that in our rules yeah but but it's like an unspoken. Okay, so you and I will go off on tangents forever. So I would like to circle yeah. back and how does astrology circle fit back. into this? How does magic fit into this? How does African traditional religion fit into all of this? Well, one, the stories of the Bible are not nearly as old as we think they are, right? And they do not predate stories of African religion that have the exact same content, right? Yeah. Like whether whether we think about even just uh, Horus Ra, right? And that being the Holy Trinity. But I'm the sorry, difference you, is- All that came through was Ra? You said who? Isis, mm-hmm. Horus, mm-hmm. Ra, right? So that would be like the Trinity for an African religion. Mm-hmm. And so in this one that we have 
mother, father, and the son. Versus obviously, you know, what we were taught is it's the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But you look, you look at those things, you look at you look at the ark and the cross and the similarities. You look at so I think it's interesting that Christianity excluded the mother. Purpose. The feminine. There's okay. a reason though. Yeah. Because of and then we talk about taking out African traditions and separating that. Like for for the people who wrote the translations of the Bible that are most popular for Americans, right? The King James Version, the New International Version. These people were Caucasian male leaders. Yeah. Who were looking to oppress brown people. Literally in the middle of conquest and trying to erase people's religion while still getting them to like take on their new religion, so right? The thing is, I feel like we all know this, right? So then why is traditional Afri- African traditional religion, why is that so rejected by mm-hmm. our elders? I feel like now, like our generation, well, since you say we're not the same generation, your generation and my generation and younger generations are, now, are more accept- you be anyway. Um unless you there- go by Pluto. They're more, ex- I do go by Pluto, so we're not the same. Um, <laughs> they're more accepting though of these things being intertwined. Why do you think that our elders have such a, have such a hard time accepting that or have such resistance to that? I think it's the same way that we see resistance uh, with our elders, with um, understanding like gender fluidity understanding sexual fluidity, understanding that like, I'm gonna call it like uh, employment fluidity to where it's like the only the only answer is not like, oh, go to school, go to college, find a oh, career okay. path, work saying. it. Like it's not, nah, there's more than one. So a lot of these t- things, and that was like, again, for people that go off of the Pluto for the generations, People whose Pluto was in Scorpio, like part of the thing for our generation was literally like breaking down old beliefs, like and setting setting new societal norms mm-hmm. and allowing the things that were once in the darkness to come to light, so to yeah. say. And so I think I don't I don't even because I it's funny, like I like to use some of my family members as examples because I think they they show a lot of the truth about the older generation to while also showing a lot of their good side, right? Because mm-hmm. people in my family, they be quick to tell you something like, oh, nah, you know, I don't, I'm open-minded. I don't have no problems. But then as soon as you say something that just is a little bit beyond their comfortability level, they get, the, they get that full switch. And I think that's what we have with the African uh, traditional religions is it was called so many negative things. It was portrayed in such a negative way. People have so little really, information on it. You gotta really deep dive into who who was portraying it negatively. Where did that come from? And when you trace but it think back, about it's it. like mm, think about the how oppressor. long that worked with cannabis, though. Think yeah. about how long that worked with cannabis. People literally knew. Matter of fact, I would say because I was an eight year old, 
And I knew, I didn't even really know what propaganda was, but I knew the Reefer Madness movie was propaganda. I'd never thought about smoking weed in my life at eight years old. Yeah. But I knew that there was a movie that they made because people didn't want like the cannabis industry to grow the way it did. And could you imagine the power that people will have, the amount of healing that'll happen if people start to understand like, oh no, like these African traditional religions, not only are they like, good but they have use for me and they're they healing me. oh my gosh come on that's okay i think i take that back i think that was really what like what did it for me because i've always been like I'll, I'll believe stuff that makes sense but i have to feel things as well yeah and so i started being in different circles whether we was in a drum circle well, we was just in a circle just talking with some of the elders and they get to sharing experiences or whatever. And you and when you can feel the shift in the energy, the, the things that I'm just like, oh, I know this is real. Mm-hmm. And this is familiar. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what this is. I have no clue. I don't know anything about what the processes are and practices are, but I know this feels familiar. I know what you're telling me sounds correct. I know it sounds... And that was it for me. But also, too, I, I feel like in my life to where I was okay with finding out that I didn't know anything or that everything I knew was wrong. And so I was able to open myself up to learn more. And so now um, we've talked a bit about African traditional religion, but what about astrology? What about magic? Because, you know, the Bible mm-hmm. says stuff about um about don't go to the astrologers and the psychics and the mediums and like really I would love for people to pull up verses for me on those only only because this is where etymology becomes super important mm-hmm. and we think about the all the hands like I was saying the Bible's been through and when we take root words we start to find out like the way we've translated them is purposely wrong yeah oh my that. gosh it when don't I mean what out... y'all say it means when I found out, um, I mean, I always knew, but when I found out that uh, that the and this is controversial, so if you're homophobic, it, this is your chance to to get out of here. But the verse about um, men lying with men was really about men lying with boys. Literally, was it was about pedophiles, which I'm sure nobody in their right mind would question why the Bible felt like it needed to mention pedophiles during those times sure we all know why we know what a certain group of people was very people that are held in held in very high esteem today what they were doing during those times been doing but anyway Mm -hmm. so yeah how does how does that factor into what the the framework of christianity should look like so the astrology one is a deeper piece that's when you start to break down some of the figurative language of the Bible, you start to realize, like, I mean, even if we just go with a simple one that is not at all connected to things that are gonna make people uncomfortable. If we just go with the as above, so below, right? Mm -hmm. And we look at at what are the heavens to us, right? When we look up from our planet, the heavens are the sky and everything in it. And if we know, even our moon, has a physical effect on our planet, 
How can we physical not physical effect that not only on our planet but on our bodies? That's real. I, I, I was gonna go there next, you know. And then, and then we, if we know that this this celestial body could have a physical effect on each and every being on this planet, yeah. What's the stretch in saying that the rest of them do too? And I think that it's so interesting what you said about not boxing in God earlier. I think that that definitely yeah. ties in because it's like, okay, cool. You can write the Bible. And that existed, what, like 3000 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's, is that correct? I don't know if that math mm-hmm. is right. Um, but it existed a long time ago. How are you going to continue to communicate with your people? How? Because while people do say the Bible is living and breathing, I think that there are some things that are useful in the Bible I don't think that it's, I mean, I think that there are some issues that the Bible does not cover. And I think that astrology is a good way to still communicate with a higher being. Yeah, because astrology can be. Or see what, try to understand what a higher being is communicating to you, rather. Yep. So astrology can be communicated for time. And people say, like you said, that the Bible is living and breathing. But the truth is, anything that's not growing is dead. And if we're talking about uh, a written work that has not been adjusted in multiple thousands of years, I mean, How it's been adjusted, but it hasn't been amended. Have things been added to well, it? Well, that's what I mean. Like, have we, like, have we, like, it's been translated and, like, broken down. Mm-hmm. But have we, have, has it grown any? Has yeah. anything been added to the Bible? Has anything been taken from the Bible? The answer is no. And if you looked at the majority of Christ- Christians, they would be like, the question is even sacrilegious, right? Yeah. But the truth is, like, how can you, how can you expect something to stand the test of time if it's not growing? Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's where, that's where astrology comes in, in my mind, because astrology is the ever-changing, like, measurement tool that we have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we have all these measurement tools that are, like, strict and bound to, like, certain measurements. And, yeah. But then we have astrology which is like oh yeah no actually we can add 50 more inches to to measure this yeah matter of fact we came up with a whole new measurement to measure this and i would also like to say something controversial yet brave which is the wise men were astrologers can we are we who else is following stars for that far who else is following stars who else is looking to the stars and being like oh this is what's going on Let's follow that. Who else is doing that? And they were wise men. Wise men during that time. And then, like, how, so how did you get wise? Looking up at the stars. Exactly. What I think is some stars. very important that we often miss too is that the rulers, whether or not, I mean, the Bible does frame the rulers as like unless they were worshiping the true one Christian God, that they were, um, that they were not what i can't think of words today oh my gosh that they weren't fit for their jobs essentially yeah yeah um but they had a court of astrologers of magicians of of diviners and of all these other people did that just 
all of a sudden start being useless? Are these right. not also ways to, to communicate with God? Are they not? Because I don't, I don't remember what I do remember, right? I remember some very specific things that was like the mission of Jesus. He was real big on the way people conducted themselves inside of the church, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah, not gonna be just in here having a bazaar, selling and having a flea market in here. Let's yeah. get that out of here. And he was really big slash hard on religious officials, mm -hmm. Pharisees, the Sadducees. Every chance he got, he was back and forth with them. You know who he wasn't ever hard on or who I don't ever remember him having long heated debates with? Magicians, <laughs> diviners, like those people existed. Yeah. And people can't be like, here's the other thing, right? Like uh, Christians love to use the fact that Jesus was a man of the people, right? To like be like, oh yeah, no, he hung out with everybody. Yeah, yeah. And and guess who they were doing? Guess who they named as bad people? Tax collectors, <laughs> lawyers, doctors. Jesus went, they ain't say nothing about it. Oh yeah, you know, Jesus out there with the magic practicing folks and the witches. Cause Jesus said they need love too. Yeah. But Jesus was like, no, no, no. Those people are close to love. They have love. That's why they're out here practicing this word. He said, I'm about to get on you people who think you're uh, fit for society and these big contribution-making folks. You're not. Let me tell you what you actually are. You are a camel trying to go through the eye of a needle. It's not going to happen, G. It's not going to happen. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Was, that was, and see, that's what, that's what I want to continue. I want to continue um proletariat jesus um okay can you <laughs> could you elaborate on yeah proletariat, proletariat is the working class uh -huh. the working class and so i want to be working class jesus that's where it's like yeah like for sure like uh let's do this mutual aid let's let's feed people let's um let's give people free access to things that they would usually have to pay for right yeah let's do that also too, let's, let's, let's keep that other class on their toes let's 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 keep them accountable yeah that's what that's how that's how in my mind that's how i want to live so okay to to kind of sort of wrap it up because zoom is like uh you only have a certain amount yeah, of time yeah. um two things two things is it worth even trying to integrate Christianity into these practices, trying to integrate these practices into Christianity. Um, if it is, what would that look like? And if it's not, I mean, where do we go from here? So I have answers for all three of those. I think um, the first answer is gonna be everybody's least favorite. The truth is that's a very personal and specific question your studying right like do you want to work christianity's teachings into the rest of your life and your teachings does that work for you only you can answer that you know yeah. how you feel about christianity you know how you feel about the bible 
and you know how you feel that it impacts your life. Because my biggest thing, and this is for people with all religions, because for all diets, for any workout plan or martial arts you want to pick up, doesn't matter which one you do, it matters about which one works for you mm-hmm. and which one is going to lead you to being the best you. Yeah, because you're the only one who has to live with that, too. Yep. And so I say that to say, I think the biggest way um, to, to like, show these practices or, like, to inhibit it is to open up, like, the box in your mind of your definition. And not just for Christianity, but for any religion that you may be interested in and learning. And go in empty box. Take out all the things you think you know, the things you perceive about Christians or Christianity or religions or religious people, and you go into it. And then you, once you leave, you find out that you have in your box everything that works for you and you don't have anything that doesn't. Yeah. As long as you're going in there like, okay, what can I gain from this? Versus like, well, let me tell them how they're wrong. Or wow, let me see if they know anything useful. Yeah. So, I mean, so for you personally, do you find value in integrating the two? Uh, there is value in integrating the way. For me, the, the value is knowing knowing where my message is being received. So, like, the integration is valuable to people who are like me. Well, I'm not talking to somebody who's like me. It's not valuable at all. I'm just being serious. Like, yeah. Sometimes I talk to people and it's like, I can be like, I can tell them like all the reasons why these things are similar, but they only care about what's different. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I think the integration looks like continuing to keep myself open and feeling like, and not feeling like I know everything I need to know. Mm-hmm. Because if something isn't growing, it's dead. There you go. Well, thank you for your time today. <laughs> thank you for um, yours. Do you want to shout out, out your socials? Do you have anything going on? I have wanna... lots of things going on. My socials are just B R T T Y L R on all the socials. Okay. Um, anything that you want to talk about that's going on, or are you? keeping it close to the vest. I don't know when I'm going to air this, so. Follow me for music, and if you want to follow somebody who only posts when they have something to promote. Okay, that's, I mean, and with that, you can follow me as well at um, Black Spirituality Pod on Instagram. You can follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts at the Black Spirituality Podcast. Um, you can follow my personal page at the, nope, it's not the, at blogging period vegan. Nope, that's not right either. It's at blogging period <laughs> veg, V-E-G. I've changed, I've changed my ads a lot. Um, (laughs) and yeah, I think that's going to be it for us. We're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.